0: Pass. Hitting seven yards, Brees, there's Touchdown, and there's a the record! That's unbelievable. Drew Brees in rare air! Hartley sends the Saints to the Super Bowl! What's up, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me, as always, on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report, R O S V O G L O U Report. Now, of course, no Saints game to talk about, and it stinks. I get it, but we got to move on. We got to get past that they lost in the wild card uh, round, and we got to look at where they can improve this offseason, where there's potential upgrades, where they could downgrade, um, what they have to do in the quarterback room. And, and that's been the biggest discussion. I said last week, and it ruffled a lot of feathers, that the Saints should potentially consider moving on from Breeze and just start new, start with the young core, and continue to build that way. And the reason I say that is the way I look at championship windows. If you're not named the Patriots, it probably lasts three years, and it kind of seems like the Saints missed their window, albeit, and I said this every time, and you guys will probably agree with me, the 2018 season was their season. There's teams that were you know, destined to win it all, and the Saints were, and Bill Vidovich interfered with that. And it freaking sucks. I can't tell you how many times I think back to that one game and say, that's the one infuriates me the most. Marcus Williams missed tackle was bullshit. Giving up an overtime touchdown. Kirk Cousins sucks. The Vernon Davis touchdown sucks. The beast mode run stinks. Getting screwed by the refs will always sting. And I think when you look at back, you look back at the saints past, if they were to win that second Super Bowl, it changes the narrative ever of everything. No one cares about this season compared to the way they did this year. Um, you're kind of in re- relaxation mode. You're like, you know, they won two rings. Take a year off. It's fine. But no, and and it raises the tension of everything because they got screwed. Um, and, and now, I tweeted out, although I said the Saints should heavily consider eventually moving on because the reality is Breeze is 41, if he wants to play next year, I'm not naive. I know who he's playing for. He's starting for the New Orleans Saints come week one in September. And I think Drew Breeze doesn't want to retire, and I think what people don't realize is just because I think Drew Brees should consider stepping away from the game of football, it doesn't mean I don't think he can play. I think Drew Brees is still a top-ten quarterback. I think he's still the most accurate quarterback from you know 20 yards in. I think he's still one of the most, if not the most accurate quarterback. I think his decision-making is still very good. I still think Drew Brees has that competitive fire that you need if you want to make another championship run. The reason I said everything that I did, and there's two reasons for it, is one, I don't think it's that simple to be cookie cutter and say you run it back. I don't think it's that easy. I really don't. And two, I think the Saints, and it's tough, do you cut off a year early to avoid cutting off a year too late? And I think that's something that where the Patriots won two Super Bowls, but it doesn't bother them. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the most special quarterback in the world, but Jimmy Garoppolo shows promise. And I'm sure the Patriots are like, oh man, we would love to have Garoppolo for the future now but they had to cut it off too soon. And again, they won Super Bowls, so it doesn't hurt that bad. But you don't want to fall in that trap. And what was lost in all of this was the fact that I have been the biggest supporter and defender of Drew Brees for the last couple of seasons. And when people would not give him respect, I said it was bullshit. I said that he's one of the greatest of all time. I said the media does not give him the respect he deserves. And yet I say one thing, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I got at least 20 to 25 Verbal, physical, you know, death threats, whatever, over someone that we don't personally know. Now, we can all idolize Drew Brees, and he deserves it. The man is a class act. He seems to be a good father, a good husband. And above all that, he's one of the most prolific quarterbacks, if not the most prolific quarterback to ever play in the NFL. And I love Drew Brees. And if he comes back for another year, guess what? I'll be supporting Drew Brees. But I think what people have to understand is that he's not free. Of you know, getting criticized. He doesn't get a pass for the way he's played in postseason games over the last couple of years. He doesn't get a pass for throwing some guys under the bus. And a lot of people just, you know, just look past that. And that's fine because you guys see him in a light where he was the savior of a franchise. And he was, don't get me wrong. I just think people have to be more fair. And as for the death threats part, I genuinely don't care if someone's gonna come at me on Twitter, that's fine. But I would prefer. If you would rather debate than just strictly go straight for the oh, just kill yourself or hang yourself or jump off a bridge. I think you guys are a little too harsh to that shit, to be honest. But again, it's Twitter. I know what I'm signing up for. We all know what we're signing up for. It's a madhouse in there. Um, but that's my complaint. And my other side to the story, because I think Drew's gonna be back. If you're telling me, Chris, gun to your head, make a decision. What do the Saints do? I think Drew Brees is starting next year. Doesn't mean I'm agreeing with it. I'm telling you he's starting next year. And the funny thing is. Every time I even go to mention Teddy Bridgewater and just say that I respect him, I thought he played well for them. I get a lot of people telling me he sucks, and I get a lot of people telling me he, he's not good at all and all that. And that's fine. I want you guys to know if they don't win those five games, they weren't even going to be 13 to three. They're probably scrambling to get the four seed. And I know it doesn't matter anymore because it got knocked out first round. But we all thought after week two, man, this season might go into the dump. And it did it because he played well, and above everything, forget about what you think of him as a passer. If you keep con- comparing him to Drew Brees, you're gonna think Teddy Bridgewater's not good. If I compare myself to, I don't know who's your favorite? You guys, I don't know who you guys like personally as a media member. I don't know if you like Colin Coward. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. But if you guys like Deuce McAllister and you guys like Zach Streif and you keep going on down the list, you can't compare someone who's not as accomplished to someone who's an all-time great. It's stupid. I mean, if I'm going to sit here and tell you, "Oh man, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's okay, but he's no Drew Brees. No shit, Sherlock." Drew Brees is one of the greatest of all time. He's the best player the Saints will ever have in their franchise history. I get all that. And and trust me, Drew is still better than Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not saying he's not. But you guys keep trying to compare Teddy to Drew and he's not Drew. He doesn't make the passes down the field the way Drew Brees in his prime could make. He's not going to throw for 300 yards on a weekly basis. But what he does that's similar is he takes completion ones completions when they're there. He doesn't make mistakes, at least mental mistakes that kill you with picks and fumbles. He's pretty mobile. He's not the most mobile guy in the room, but he's, you know, mobile enough to get past, you know, a defensive end or two. And he's got his head on screw he's got his head screwed on correct. And I know that sounds stupid, but The one thing I love about Drew Brees more than anything is that I don't have to worry about Drew Brees saying something stupid to the media. I don't have to worry about Drew Brees being ready for Sunday because you know he's going to be ready for Sundays. I feel that way with Teddy. And I'm not saying Teddy's the future. And I'm not saying Teddy's an elite quarterback. What I'm saying about Teddy is I know if he's the quarterback for the Saints, I know that he's going to show up on Sunday and he's going to be mature about everything. And whether they win or lose, you expect him to give you the right answers after. And that's what I love about Drew. Drew can sit there and watch his defense in 2017, miss a tackle, cost him a chance in an NFC championship game, and he's out there saying, got to look at tape for next year. It happens. We didn't play well in the first half. That's on me, and we'll get better. And that's what you want. The quarterback needs to be an adult in the room, and a lot of people just completely blow by that. And everyone goes to me, oh, you know, what do you think about Baker? What do you think about Rodgers? What do you think about these guys? And I think Rodgers is an all-time great, too. I want my quarterback to be the most accountable guy in the room. I don't want to hear that it was his fault. I don't want to hear it was that guy's fault. I don't want to hear it was the coach's fault. Own it. And that's why I do like Teddy Bridgewater. And with that said, that's why if Drew Brees comes back, I will still always support Drew Brees because I know at the end of the day he's going to be accountable. And I will say this. I'll go as far as to say this about him. If the Saints keep Drew Brees... I at least know there will be a mature guy in the locker room where if push comes to shove, he's going to get everything sorted out. And that's why I also love DeMario Davis more than Cam Jordan because as good as Cam Jordan is, DeMario Davis is a guy that when he speaks, everyone shuts up and listens. And that's what you need. And that's what he does. And now before I go into my second segment, um, I just want to talk about Taysom Hill real quick. And I'm not going to say what's going to go on with him because no one knows. I've seen a couple of articles that said he'd get anywhere from $3 million a year to $12 million a year. That's a big gap. I mean, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? I don't know. I can't help you. But Taysom Hill, and I've said I'm a big supporter of Taysom Hill. I think he's a really good football player. There's a lot of people who just instantly want him to become the next quarterback of the Saints. And I don't get that because there's two things that I don't get. One, we haven't seen enough snaps from him. And the reason he looks so successful in the snaps that he's in and the plays that are designed for him Because they're strictly made for Taysom. And if you don't have a a big sample size, your margin for error, it's, you know, not margin for error, excuse me. The chances that you make a mistake are very slim. And that's why Taysom can throw a deep ball and no one, you know, says, oh, man, that looked a little short or it kind of got stuck in the air. And it did, by the way, it died in the air. And Taysom can throw an out route and no one's going to say anything. Or Taysom can run. 10 to 12 plays where he's successful and everyone thinks that if we always run, it'll it be successful. It doesn't work that way. And my second reason is if Taysom is the next Steve Young, and honestly, who the hell freaking knows with Sean Payton because he's so secretive about everything? Don't you think Taysom would have started when Drew Brees went down? Because I was one of those people who were like, uh, you know what, the Saints might be able to run a 2QB system. And no, they, they rode with Bridgewater and it worked out for their advantage. I just feel like a lot of people don't realize that. And the second thing, and I think, a third thing, excuse me, and I think this is also important, Taysom Hill's older than Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I don't think people realize this. And he suffered four season-ending injuries at BYU. Isn't that a concern if he plays a full year as a quarterback? Like, I think people have to factor those things in, and I don't think they are, and that's why everyone's so quick on the Taysom bandwagon. If there's someone starting next year for the Saints, it probably goes one Drew Brees, two Teddy Bridgewater, three Taysom Hill. And I, 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 the taste of Hill at three. It's just me saying it because he's there. I don't see him starting next year. I don't think anyone does, except for the people who just want them to turn into the Ravens. And let me say something about that real quick before we go into the break. The Baltimore Ravens had a great season, and Lamar Jackson is a great player. And anyone who criticized Lamar Jackson for Saturday is just a you know either one a low life or two a racist, and it's probably both of them mixed together. For being honest, and. The only issue with having a quarterback like Lamar, where your offense is predicated on the run, is you can't come from behind that often. You need, you're built to play with the lead. So that's difficult. And that's tough, where if you play with Taysom, you're probably living in that ballpark. And that is tough. Whereas the Saints with Drew Brees, you could see them down 14 0 in the divisional rounds of the Eagles and they storm back and win the game. Like it's possible. Or Mahomes yesterday going down 24 0 and just, what, they give 41 unanswered points or something? Like something absurd where, It's because you have a a passing quarterback. So, those are the things I want to mention about the quarterback debate. I have a couple of things to mention after the break about what the Saints should do to upgrade their team, mostly free agency right now, because I'll look into the draft. I'm going to hit you up with a couple of updates on what I'm working towards for this offseason for you Saints fans. And I'm also going to give you a little preview of LSU Clemson because I can't help myself. I just can't wait to watch that game. All that coming up right after this message. And once again, welcome back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Now, before I get to a little bit about what the Saints need to upgrade in the offseason with positions and a little bit of an LSU Clemson talk, uh, I just want to give you an update on what I'm going to do for you guys coming up. Now, we're going to have a lot of draft talk. I'll have, you know, personalized episodes per position based off what you guys want to hear about and what also the Saints need. So wide receiver, offensive guard, defensive end uh defensive back, maybe a linebacker. You guys want to talk about the quarterback room? Whatever you guys want, I will personalize episodes for you leading up to draft. I'll try and get a couple of interviews, which I usually do with a couple of prospects for positions of needs. I'm not gonna go interview um per se. Uh, let me see what I what do I think the Saints don't need, probably. I'm not gonna go interview um an offensive tackle, maybe depending on what the Saints have, although offensive guards that could play tackle would be nice. I'm not gonna go interview. A running back, if I don't think the Saints are going to take one. Now, that depends on Kamara, who I will talk about in a second. Um, but I will interview positions where I think the Saints need. I'm not going to go interview a kicker for you guys. We have all lots. But the Saints need a, you know, another wide receiver. You bet your ass. I'm going to try and get you guys some uh, interviews with wide receiver prospects so you guys can get an advantage, an idea of what they're like off the field. And when you want to see what they're like on the field, well, guess what? There are many ways to see that. And I will show you guys as well for that. Um, and then coming up as well, This will probably lead into next season, but I'm going to work on merchandise for you guys. And it's not merchandise strictly on my podcast. Like, I'll put out stuff with my logo, and that's fine, but I'm not expecting you guys to get that. I am going to be working on making designs that are customized to players. I'm not going to say my ideas right now because I don't want anyone taking them. Um, But it's only going to be like phone cases, stickers, possibly t shirts, just something. And it's not going to be expensive because I'll tell you this I love Michael Thomas but I'm not paying $50 for a regular t-shirt. And unfortunately, unlike us, unlike Michael Thomas, I don't make a hundred million dollars. So I don't know. Um, but not that I don't know, I'm not in the business and I don't have the luxury of just spending $50 on a t-shirt. That looks cool. You know? Um, but I'll make sure everything's really affordable for you guys. I'm not looking to profit much. I'm just looking to make something cool that we all have to share. Um, so I'll be working on that as well. And then third thing, that i want to work on is having you guys come on the show and leaving voice messages. I've dropped the link before. Um I haven't had people do it yet. I'm going to share the link again in the future. It's a chance for you guys for a minute or two to give a little rant, express yourself um on something that's, you know, pertains to the Saints, an important topic. And I think you guys have a lot to share. You guys are always tweeting at me and I love all this, you know, the stuff that you guys say. So I'd love to hear your voice and actually get it on the podcast and give you guys a platform to speak and let other Saints fans hear what you have to say. And I think you guys will enjoy that. So those are three things I'd love to get going in the next couple of months just to keep you guys updated on what I'm trying to do because I'm not complacent with what's going on here. I want to make sure you guys have a podcast and a voice that you like hearing um, and a show that's always trying to improve. You get complacent, it's not fun. I'm going to just sit here and ramble and it's going to get boring. No, I want to get better for you guys. And I think those three things will definitely help. Now, before I talk about what the Saints need to upgrade offensively. I just want to talk about Kamara real quick, and I'm going to take a minute, no more than that. A lot of people want Alvin Kamara traded. A lot of people were frustrated with the play play played this year, and, a, and so many people bought the fact that Sean Payton said Alvin Kamara was not hurt at the end of the year. This is the same Sean Payton who said the Saints weren't interested in Antonio Brown and then was asked about that when they brought him for the interview and said, I probably wasn't telling you the truth back then. Why are we supposed to believe Sean Payton about injuries? Do you remember when Jarvis Bird, I know, rough name, got hurt, and everyone was saying it's a bad knee injury? Sean will see sees week to week, and all of a sudden, Jarvis Bird's season's over. Like, Sean Payton is very, very um, secretive when it comes to injuries. He keeps everything close to the vest. I believe he did the same with Kamara. You want to trade Kamara? Fine. And I'm not advocating for the Saints to pay him Todd Gurley money because I don't think a running back should get that. All I'm going to say about AK is he's had two great seasons, one okay season that was still good compared to other running backs, and I think when he's talent, when he's healthy and his mind's right, he's one of the best running backs in football. And I would hate to see the Saints lose him just over some little dispute about what happened last season. Now, I said a minute, that's all. Let's move in to the upgrades that they need to make this offseason. For starters, get a wide receiver. You need someone across from Michael Thomas to help. And I've actually listed a couple of options from Spotrack on Twitter. And you guys gave me your opinion as to who you would want to see on the New Orleans Saints. And I actually really appreciate that. I had 115 people reply as to what they would do, and I don't think you guys understand how happy it makes me to just interact with you guys. I try to, I try to reply to everyone, and I, I like what you guys all had to say. I think some of you were a little unrealistic, though, saying that we could get Larry Fitzgerald. I don't think that's happening. He's either staying with Arizona or retiring. But A.J. Green's an interesting name. Emmanuel Sanders, if the Niners don't keep him, is an interesting name, but I do think San Francisco will keep him. And then you got some really, really... Um, under-the-radar guys. Rashad Perriman's one of them. He had 652 receiving yards this year. I believe he had six touchdowns. Just a really good player overall who's starting to find himself. And he's only 26. And we saw what he can do in a nice system. In Bruce Arian's system, he had good numbers. I think he could do something like that in Sean Payne's system. Now, is it the sexiest name? Absolutely not. But it's definitely an option for the Saints to explore. If you're looking for a, a slot receiver who's rather cheap, I'm a big fan in Danny Amendola. I think he he probably realizes Detroit's not the place to be. If you go to New Orleans, play with an all-time great quarterback, play in a system that will value what he can do in the slot, I think it's a pretty good fit. And you have to remember, Amendola still had a pretty good year, 62 catches for 656 yards. That's pretty good out of the slot, if you ask me. Another name that I find really interesting, and I think it's tough because you don't know what you're going to get from him, Devin Funches. Devin Funches missed basically the whole year. He was injured, hurt his knee, I believe. And it's easy to give out a pass on that. But Devin Funch is the guy you could give a one-year prove-it deal almost, banking on him maybe staying healthy. He's got the size, and I think that's what I like about Funches. You can throw it up to him. You he he should be able to bring it down. Big kid, big Michigan dude. Um, I, I don't mind him either. That's a risky one, but there's options out there. All I'm saying is that the Saints don't need to hit a home run to improve the wide receiving core. If you get Danny Amendola, if you get Brashaw Perriman, get one of those, the wide receiving core is already – better by a you know by a couple miles. And lastly, another name, and I think this was the one that might have been the most recurring name and, and theme here, Robbie Anderson. Uh, you guys love him. I'll tell you what, I am in New York. I tell you guys all the time I'm from New York. I watch the Jets and I think the Jets stink. Robbie Anderson's a good receiver. Robbie Anderson's almost had two thousand yards uh thousand yard seasons with the Jets and you got to take into account they don't have a good O-line. Their quarterback plays a little skeptical right now and I could also make an argument for you that Robbie Anderson doesn't have the protection of another wide receiver across from Quincy Noon was okay. Demarius Thomas, okay. But Robbie Anderson is their top guy at wide receiver. And for him to put up those numbers without a lot of help is impressive for a guy who's not a Michael Thomas, who's not going to beat you with his physicality and his route running, but a guy who's going to beat you with over-the-top explosive plays. And I think the Saints need that. They need a little bit more pop into their offense. I think Robbie Anderson could do that. And I think if they could get him, depending on salary, That'd be a pretty nice fit. As for what else the Saints need to fix, offensive guard, we know this. No one wants to see Andrews beat back. Let's call it what it is. There are a couple of people that want to, but for the most part, most fans want to see him gone. I can't blame them. So I think what they do there is going to be interesting. I know everyone likes Sheriff from uh, Washington. He's going to get paid a lot. I think he's going to get paid $15 million a year, maybe more. So that's going to be tough for them to balance. Do you go with Nick Easton and draft an offensive guard? I say yes, but we'll see. And I think what they have to do more than anything, you have to draft versatile offensive linemen. Eric McCoy's your center, but Eric McCoy's a guy who, if he had to worst case, get shifted out to guard, he'd probably handle himself pretty well. Ramchek was able to handle himself pretty well, at left tackle and right tackle. Andrew Speed, for all his deficiencies, left guard, left tackle, you can move him around, and he's all right. So getting versatile alignment is definitely a key for the Saints this offseason, especially one that could play offensive guard. Now, before I wrap up this show, I want to talk about LSU and Clemson. And, and I'll tell you something. I, I, you know, I know you guys hate Clemson. That's fine. I actually don't hate Clemson. I think that the way Dabo hypes up his team, he makes them like a good villain or like an annoying pest where it's like you can't play the underdog role if you haven't lost in two years. Like it doesn't work that way, buddy. But he does it anyway. And I actually really like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's one of the better quarterback prospects we'll see in the next 20 years. Um, but let me tell you something about this kid, Joe Burrow, man. And let me tell you about a guy who has been the best quarterback in LSU history, arguably the best quarterback in SEC history, and arguably the best quarterback prospect we've seen in the last couple of years. And what I've seen from Burrow this year is that he just goes about his business. I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago. He destroys defenses like it's a 9-to-5 job. He beats the crap out of them, doesn't celebrate his touchdowns, walks off the field and says, all right, who we play next week? And that's what I love about Joe Burrow. And I think to be an all-time great quarterback, you need to have a chip on your shoulder and you need to carry that chip on your shoulder for the rest of your career. Drew Brees was told he was short. Drew Brees was short, uh, was told his shoulder was never going to recover. Guess what? Drew Brees went on to win a Super Bowl. He went on to break a, a gazillion records. And you can look back to that day And say, that's what really changed him. Everyone said he was short and he wouldn't accomplish anything. And he went out and he did the damn thing. Lamar Jackson was told leading up to the draft, he's not a quarterback. Try out for running back. Try out for wide receiver. You are not a quarterback. Well, guess what? That guy's about to win MVP. He threw 36 touchdown passes. He almost threw for 4,000 yards. And he had an amazing season. Not bad for a running back, right? You need those. And Joe Burrow couldn't win the job at Ohio State. At his hometown team where he wanted to play, he couldn't win the job. What about Nebraska, a team that he had interest in? Scott Frost said, no good. We No, no, thank you. We got Adrian Martinez. We don't need Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow goes to LSU. His first season's not great. Don't get me wrong. They bring in Joe Brady, and he's been the best quarterback in college football this year, and it's not close. It's not close, ladies and gentlemen. Not close. And this game is going to be fun because you got two great quarterbacks, but how about the skill players, too? Got Clyde Edwards-Alaire for LSU. You got Travis Etienne for Clemson. You got T. Higgins and Justin Ross and Amari Rodgers for Clemson. That's a nice little receiving trio there. But how about LSU? They got their guys, too. They got Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, Jamar Chase. Can't forget about Randy Moss's kid, Thaddeus. LSU's got weapons, man. And what I'll say that impresses me the most about LSU is the way their defense has played the last couple of weeks. Shut down A&M to seven points. Shut down Georgia to ten points. And I know Oklahoma scored 28, but who the hell are we kidding? 14 of them were garbage time points. The the, the Tigers blew the doors off the Sooners, and they had no chance at winning that game. So here's what I think comes down to. I think Clemson, they start slow in big games sometimes. And they started slow against Ohio State last uh, game that they played in the Fiesta Bowl. They start off slow against LSU. It's a wrap because Joe Burrow... And the Tigers don't settle for field goals. They go for touchdowns, whereas Ohio State had to settle for field goals a couple of times with their offense. That's going to be the difference for me. And I think the other difference is this. I think there are teams that are always destined to win sometimes. I really do feel that way. And LSU, look at what they did this year. They go into Bama. Everyone says they're they're not going to beat Bama. They beat them. Okay? They beat Florida. They beat Auburn. You know, they, they went on to beat Texas on the road. They beat Georgia in the SEC championship game decisively. Oklahoma, oh, can they pull off the upset? Nope, and that's with Edwards-Alaire being a little banged up, and now he's 100%. They beat the crap out of Oklahoma. And Clemson's been the the biggest dynasty in college football the last five years. They're the team to beat because to be the man, you got to beat the man, and the Tigers are the defending champions. I get that. This LSU team's special, and I think what this LSU team has been able to accomplish offensively, how do they not score at least 40 points? How do they not? And and, and you guys want to tell me, no? Fine. The best defense, in my opinion, that they faced this year was Georgia, and they put up 37. All the other games, you ready for this insane numbers that I'm about to rattle off for you? 63, 50, 56, 58, 46, 36, 42, 42, 65, 66, 45, 55, and then you got the outlier game, 23 against Auburn, where they struggled. You hear all that? That's an offense that is dropping 40-something a game with ease. And I think that's tough to stop. And I know Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a college football game, but I think he loses his first tonight. I think LSU is going to go on to beat Clemson. I'm to say LSU wins 42-38. to 38. I think it's going to be a close one. But in the Dome, they basically got a home field advantage. Joe Burrow is playing better than anyone else. I will take the Tigers to beat the other Tigers. Um, LSU over Clemson in the national championship game. I think it's going to be so fun. I can't wait to watch that um, tonight. I will be covering it uh, for work, so that's going to be fun for sure. But I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I know you guys are ready for it. It should be a good one. Now, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Big Easy and the Big Apple. Stay tuned for everything that I mentioned earlier in this segment. Um, And just enjoy the rest of your week, guys. I know it's tough that the Saints aren't in the playoffs, but just stay positive. Let's hope the window stays open, and we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I'll be with you guys every step of the way to cover what goes down. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I look forward to speaking to you guys next Monday.